Sunday. Psalms 34 is where we're going. Familiar text if you've been in church very long and, and uh, uh, you know, just this psalm as a whole, just really David here praising God, thanking God for how good he is and what he's done for him. And, you know, we just on Friday night, uh, we, we joke about the, the competition and, and all of the, the food we had out there, but it was just neat to see everybody, you know, out there on Friday night enjoying each other's company and, and you know, trying four or five different kinds of chili. And, and did you try this one? Oh, did you try number 12? Wait, you got to try 13. Don't eat, don't eat seven. This one's really hot. Or don't, don't, don't eat that one. Or, you know, everybody's commenting about the different chilies. And then we went to the pies. And oh my goodness, we had so many pies. I think there was like 17 entries plus four or five people said, well, we just brought pie. We don't want it judged. But so I think we had like over 20 pies. And uh, so, so many delicious pies and Everybody's eating different pie. Did you try that one? Or did you try this? Oh, I like those. I'm going to try that. It was, it was just a great time. We see here in our psalm this morning, that is what spurred my thought with regards to this psalm. And look down with me, if you would, at verse number 8. Psalms 34, verse number 8. He says, O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. As I watched everybody walking around and trying the different chilies and just saying, hey, did you taste this one? Hey, did you taste that one? Boy, this one was really good. I didn't know what the numbers were. I didn't know what was what. I had no idea. And Brother uh, Glover, he comes, I said, hey, how's the chili? And he's like, it's good. He said, but listen, number 12, is gr- like, it's bad. Don't even eat it. It's gross. <laughs> like, uh, and he's trying to get me, but see, I didn't even know 12 was my number. <laughs> so I didn't know that. So he's like, it's really, it's just don't even try it. It's not worth, not worth. I was like, okay, that's good to know. But I didn't know I was talking about my own chili. <laughs> but that idea, you know, as Christians, we ought to be living a life that we kind of walking around and we're telling people, hey, have you tried God yet? In this world of all its trials and troubles and heartache and burdens, have you tasted of God Have you seen how good God can be? Man, there ought to be something in our life that just kind of portrays that and that idea and that heartbeat of, boy, God is good. Man, have you you had some of this? Wow, it's delicious. Wow, just like some that encouraged and challenged each other the other night. The psalmist David here, he says, wow, I've walked with God all these days. All these years I've been with my Lord and can I tell you that He is good? Can I tell you that God is good? He makes His pleading statement that at the same time is both a declaration of truth and an invitation for people to experience it. He declares the unchangeable and the emphatic truth that God is good. But then he puts there with that invitation to, have you tasted of him? Have you tried this? Have you experienced this? It is certainly worth trying. You all have been in the grocery stores, walking down the aisle, and at the end of the aisle, there's some man standing there. There's some lady standing there, an employee of the store, and they're saying, have you tried these new chips from Lay's? They're peanut butter jalapeno. <laughs> uh, like, oh, what? 
No, I don't want to try that. Yeah, they've got some, the new crazy thing they're trying, right? Or have you tried these new cookies from Keebler? Oh, they're so good. Have you tried this new pot pie from Marie Callender's? Tastes like homemade. And they're, they're trying to get you to try that. Now, I usually don't try those. But my wife tries them all. <laughs> she'll, she'll go out of our way. And I'll, I'll be like, hon, we got to go. And she's like, do you care if I go? And I'm like, go ahead. <laughs> go. She, she's like, it's free food. To me it's, <laughs> to me, it's such a small amount. It's just enough to make you want more, you know? And I'm like, ah, I don't want to do that to myself. I'm not going to do that. Well, you know, if you try a little bit of God, I think you want some more. I think you want some more. And that's the idea that the psalmist is saying here. I got a simple outline for you. First of all, I want to ask of you the question, when will you finally taste of God's goodness? When will you taste of God's goodness? Don't turn there, but in the book of Luke, there is that parable. They were building and setting up a banquet And he said unto them, a certain man made a great supper, and he bade many, and he sent his servants out at supper time, and say unto them that were bidden, come, for all things are ready. He's saying, we've got a banquet, all the food is there, everything is spread, come on, it's all, it's just free food, come and get it. But the next verse says, and they all with one consent began to make excuses. The first said unto him, I bought a piece of ground and I must need to go see it, I pray. You know, this world makes a lot of excuses for why they don't try God. Can I tell you that you won't try God when you're full? Don't throw rocks, okay? No no tomatoes. But I actually did not eat any chili on Friday night. I didn't, I didn't eat any of it. Now, after everything was said and done, we were, all, we were basically about ready to wrap up. Actually, Richard told me he smoked his chili, and I said, well, i got to try that. So I tasted a little bit of his just to taste it. That's the only chili I ate. You know why? Because Neatin was passing through, and he said, hey, I need to talk to you. Can we meet for lunch? And I haven't been eating as much late lately, so I went to lunch with him, and I ate too much. So when it came around for dinner time, we were here with all this good chili and it looked so amazing, but my body's saying, I, don't, I am not hungry at all. I do not want to eat. I didn't want any chili. I, I just was not, I was full. You know, our problem is we're too full. We're too full. God has richly blessed this nation. God has richly blessed us as a people. And we're so full, we don't need God. We're so full, we aren't looking for God to bring comfort because we have all the comfort that we need. We're not looking for God to bring security to our life because we got all the security that we need. We've got our health insurance and our car insurance and our home insurance. We've got our natural disaster insurance and our disability insurance and our unemployment insurance and our life insurance. And there's probably other insurances that we've got all of our bases covered. What do we need God for? You're not going to be pushed to the place where you say, boy, I want some of that when you're so full. Listen, when you let tragedy strike, I don't know where you were at, but I know you probably can remember where you were standing and what you were doing on 9-11. 
You remember that. Tragedy struck our country, and it's amazing. In this, in this country that denies God, that denies the very existence of God and don't want to have anything to do with God, yet for weeks after that event on national television, you'd see prayer vigils. You'd see huge banners. God bless America. You saw these people all over this nation and country turning to God. Why? Because something brought them to the place where they said, we've got nowhere else to go but to God, and we've got to turn to God. When are you going to try Him? When are you going to try Him? You're never going to do it when you're too full. You're never going to do it when you're too busy. Boy, as a society today, sometimes you ever been so busy you just didn't even stop to eat? You're like, man, the whole, whole day's passed and I haven't eaten yet. Uh, and that happens. You know, we get so busy we don't have time for God. If you're so busy you don't have time for God, you're too busy. You're too busy. Because we need God. And beloved, we can make it a choice. You can decide in your heart and in your mind that you want to try God. Oh, taste and see that he is good. Or you can wait until there's no other place to go and you try him. But the psalmist here is saying, listen, please don't wait till then. You can turn to him right now. You can try it right now. You don't have to wait till things are so bad that you're down on your back and the only place you can do is look up. Can I tell you that if that day comes, he'll be there. He'll be there. You reject him today when you're full. You reject him because life is too busy. You keep putting him off. And God and his infinite love and his mercy... When you finally decide to turn, he'll be there. But he's calling you today. He's saying, don't wait. Why wait? Have you ever had the privilege of going to a really good restaurant and you think to yourself, man, I should have tried this long time ago. I should have come here years ago. I never, I, you know, this is right down the road from my house and I've never been here. Man, this is, this place is great. Listen, that's what you'll feel about God. You'll look at the years you wasted and the time you walked through this trials and turmoils of life without him and you'll say, boy, I should have done this a long time ago. I should have done it a long time ago. Why would you taste of the goodness of God? What would motivate you to do it? Why? Well, can I tell you, first of all, it's because it's so simple. It's so simple. He says, taste. Oh, taste. Wow. Just like that parent that looks at a child and says, try it, you might like it. You know what I mean? The kid's like, it's green, there's no way I'm eating it. <laughs> I don't eat green food, you know. <laughs> no, it's, it's probably good, just, just try it, just, just taste it. And, and they're like, no, no, and you pick it up and they're like, mm. you're like, open your mouth, you know. I know that's never happened in your home. But, you know, the kid's like, I'm not going to like it. And you're like, just try it. So many times the church stands here and says, oh, taste and see that God is good. And the world says, hmm. It's so simple. Just try it. Just try God because he is all that and more. 
I think about Naaman. Many times people have that problem. He had something so simple to do. Just go dunk in the river and you'll be healed. And he said, no, this is too simple. It's too easy. I, gotta, I would be glad to do something hard. I would be glad to do something arduous. I'd be glad to work to get clean. But God says, no, there's a free gift of salvation offered and all you got to do is accept it. And boy, it's simple. Why do we want something so much harder? Why do we want something that takes so much more work? Wow. Would you respond if it was more difficult? How many of you know that you can build an appetite for things that are right? You know, when you were younger, you know, it's a sign of maturity to enjoy food that's better for you. You know, kids, kids, it's all the sweets, right? It's all the desserts, all the candy. That's why they want candy for the bus routes, uh, because we're trying to, you know, give Cody some work. Uh, (laughs) But, but, you know, as you get older, you know, that super sweet, super rich, all that, you're like, I don't want that as much. I'd rather good salad with bacon and uh, with extra bacon. And <laughs> I would like, I would just, you know, you like, I like that good hearty food and that good food. It's a sign of maturity when you enjoy that. You know, you can build an appetite for right things. When you taste of God and start following him, you begin to see. Some people look at you and say, why do you go to church? You take Sunday and go to church and sit down and listen to some guy that just seems like such a waste of time. Why would you do that? There's no, they have no appetite for that. But man, when you try God and you see how good he is, you develop and build an appetite for those things that are good. And you say, man, I need that. Boy, I need that. Had too much junk lately. Too much junk. I just need to get something good. Oh, I need it. The Bible says, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. Hunger and thirst after righteousness. You enjoy the the goodness of God, the good things that God offers. There are way too many that have an appetite for things that are not right. Just as you can have an appetite for that which is good, you can have an appetite for that which is bad, and you can feed that appetite, and that appetite can grow, and you can desire to have those things that aren't good. Maybe your appetite is for that which is on the dessert table. Things that maybe are a little less than best for you. Not necessarily wrong, but maybe less than best. Maybe you have an appetite for things that are on the temptation table. Things that we really should not be involved in. That we really should be doing all we can to avoid. There's so much this world has to offer that's downright destructive to you, to your spiritual life. I'm sure you've all heard of the dramatic increase of deaths due to the rise of fentanyl use. Many young people, children being killed after just one taste. After just one taste. I just wanted to taste it and see what it was like. He just wanted to try it one time. 
Why is the world so eager to try the things that Satan lays out on his table to their own destruction? And yet God's people are hesitant to taste of the goodness of God. Oh, taste and see that he is good. There's no lie that it's no, it's, it's, God is very honest about the fact that the things that Satan has to offer are good for a season. There is something enjoyable about eating a whole coconut cream pie. <laughs> oh, man. I just, just so good. But then... <laughs> You know, the Bible says in Proverbs, I think it's 1720 or 2017, the bread of deceit is sweet to a man, but afterwards, his mouth should be filled with gravel. You understand with Satan, there's a but afterwards. The bread of deceit is sweet. There's an enjoyment. There's something about the world that they have to offer. That table's full and it looks so good. And as we go after those things, we think, man, this is so much, so, so good, so enjoyable. But you wake up the next way, then the afterwards, the afterwards is coming. Oh, that we would have an appetite for those things that are good. Why would we do it? Because it's simple. We do it because He's supreme. He says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Listen, I'm not asking you to taste the Hunt Valley Baptist Church. We've got a great church. I'm so thrilled what God's doing here in our midst. And I'm so pleased with with everything. But you know what? We're not lifting up Hunt Valley Baptist Church today. We're lifting up Jesus Christ. We're, We're pointing people to him. We're saying, listen, it's not about us. I'm not asking you to say, hey, look at what kind of a leader Pastor Caleb is. No, I'm saying don't pay attention to him. Don't worry about him. We're pointing to Jesus. And we're saying, could you try him? Could you try him? Because he's worth it all. It's all about him. He is so good. He is supreme. What is sad is that so many churches today... So many Christians today are experiencing the hollow emptiness that religion brings. But religion is hollow. Religion is empty. Because formalism formalism and and tradition and, and these procedures and acts of men are not what feed the soul. It's God that feeds the soul. It's a relationship with him, with Jesus Christ and him alone. Oh, taste and see that he is good. Why would you do it? Because he satisfies. Because he satisfies. You know, it is unthinkable to consider a God that is all powerful and not also all good. God is good. It is his very nature. To be good. The places, the numerous times in the scriptures that it tells us about the goodness of God. I mean, there's no way I could even read them all to you today. And how does the song go? Though the skies are parchment made. My mind just went blank. But you guys know what I'm talking about. If everything in the world was writing down the goodness of God and, and talking about God, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be enough. 
The world, the world couldn't contain it all. That's who God is. It's one of his attributes. It's not something that he does. It's something he is. Psalms 86 verse 5 says, For thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive. Plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon him. You know, it's the goodness of God. The Bible says it's the goodness of God that brings us to repentance. We see that love he has for us, that compassion, that mercy he has. And we say, boy, God, I've messed up. Would you forgive me? Would you let me experience your goodness, God? Experience your great and merciful forgiveness. In the world where every man will gladly proclaim his own goodness. Can I proclaim to you this morning the goodness of God? The goodness of God. I mean, from the first day of creation, when God looked down at the earth and the earth was was without form and void. And God said, let there be light. And then he, he, he saw the light and he said, it was good. From that day until now, he has been good. And he will continue to be good from now until eternity doesn't end. Until eternity goes, how do you describe that? Until forever, forever and ever, God will be good. Because it's who he is. And it satisfies. It satisfies. Now, how, how do you taste of his goodness? How do you taste of that? Great goodness of God. You might wonder this morning, well, is there anything good in the gospel for me? There is. There is. You know, we had a lesson this morning in Sunday school on Satan, on how he attacks, tries to discredit God, bring doubt on the words of God. You know, sometimes... Some of you in here, I know you have in recent days experienced some great heartache. You know, when you go through those times, you know, Satan comes and tries to tell you God isn't good. He comes and he tries to tell you, he tries to cause you to doubt the goodness of God because of the hurt or the heartache or the experience that you've gone through. It brings a cloud, and you can't see the sun. And it looks like, it looks like where is God? But I want you to know he's always there. And I want you to know that he's always good. Don't let Satan tell you he isn't good. Don't let him come and bring doubt into your heart and mind about the goodness of your heavenly Father when heartache comes. You know it rains on the just and the unjust. But as a believer, you have the goodness of God to be with you. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. So how do you taste of his goodness? He tells us in this verse. He says, blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Happy. Happy is the man that trusteth in him. You trust God. Put your faith and trust in God. It begins by putting your faith and trust in Him for your salvation to forgive you of your sins. 
That he'll do. But then as you believers know, you got to continue to trust him, don't you? You got to continue to trust him as life comes and the storms come and winds and waves arise and there's times you're out on that tempestuous sea and God comes walking to you on the water. And you see him as he stands on the bow of the ship and he says, peace, be still. And he brings you through a storm. How many of you older saints of God would testify this morning? You say, I've been through some storms. And can I say that God is good? Can I say God is good? All the time. I know there's great heartache and I know there's storms. I know there's tragedy. Would you hear the testimony of the other saints around you this morning that are echoing that God is good? Would you rest in his arms? Would you taste and see of his goodness? Well, it was just about a year ago that Anthony gave a great Sunday school lesson. It's on our sermon audio page. The title of the lesson was Trust the Chef. Trust the Chef. You know, last time, last Friday night, some of you were pretty, pretty trusting. <laughs> Eating all those different chilies. I don't know how many of you guys remember uh, Sam. Sam had, Sam had mystery chili. He didn't tell anybody what was in it till after we ate it. And then he told us it was frog legs. We had mystery chili. But you know what? You can trust the chef. You can trust him. Because he is good. You know, he hears your prayers. Look in Psalms 34 there in verse number 4. The psalmist says, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Look in verse number 6. He said, this poor man cried. Have you ever felt like a poor man? (laughs) He said, this poor man. I think he's talking about poor in a lot more ways than monetarily. I think he's just saying, "I'm, I'm, I'm just a mess. This a poor guy. He says, this poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. God hears your prayer. You can trust the chef. Mrs. Goforth, having barely escaped the Boxer Rebellion in China, she was with her family and fleeing the country, trying to get passage across the ocean. They had reached Shanghai, and Shanghai itself was just overrun with refugees, people trying to get passage out of China. They were preparing for the trip, and she said that the only thing they could find was an old dilapidated house that had been abandoned. Very little furniture in the house. But her and her kids gathered in there, waiting for passage. And she said to herself, at great effort, she was able to secure one set of clothes for her to travel with. But she had nothing for her children. Her children were literally wrapped in rags that were handed to her from people on the trail. And she said, I I can't take my kids across the ocean dressed this way. I've got to find some way to get them some clothes. But here I am in a city filled with people I do not know. A place where I, I, I have no means of getting any help. And she said that one particular day simply uh, completely wore out 
brought to the end of herself. She had her baby in her arms and she knelt down and she cried out to God. She says, God, I have no materials with which to work. I have no machine with which to sew. But God, I have you. Will you provide? And at the same time, she's wondering how in the world could God provide in this city of strangers? And as she was kneeling there on the floor, pouring her heart out to God, there was a knock on the door. And at the door, there was two ladies who said that they were workers in a girl's, uh, a girl's school. But because of the Boxer Rebellion, all the girls had been sent home. And they said they didn't have anything to do and were just wondering if she could use some help. And she explained her dilemma and the problem and how she was just praying that God would send somebody and that God had sent them and they quickly went to the markets and were able to secure some fabric and they came back to the house and they sat down and measured the children and they, they cut out all of the, the shapes and the clothes that they needed to, to make and then they went to a friend's house and gathered some other people and they quickly sat down and made clothes for the children. They came back and God had provided. She got on the ship, but in the hustle, in the miraculous, somebody showing up at the door to help and oh my goodness, and let's measure everybody. She forgot about the baby. She grabbed one swatch of cloth and in her mind was, well, on the ship, I'll, I'll stitch the baby something to wear. She got on the ship and because of fatigue and seasickness, she, she couldn't even hold the, the needle still and couldn't stitch and make this garment for her baby. She laid it down and she turned to God and she said, God, you've taken care of me every step of the way and you know I've done what I can I just simply can't. Would you help me? And with that, she fell asleep in a chair outside the room where her kids were bunked. She didn't know how long she was asleep, but somebody came by and tapped her on her arm and said, Hello, hello. Are, are you, are you, would you be Mrs. Goforth? Is this, is this your, is this your uh, cabin here, Mrs. Mrs. Goforth? And she, out of a daze, just waking up, she's like, huh, yeah, yeah. And she says, oh, there, there was a parcel shipped to you, and it's on, it's on our boat. Has your name on it? And with that, he dropped it in her lap and left. She opened this package, a package, mind you, that had been sent almost four months earlier. She opened the package and began to read the letter from the sender. It was from a lady who was part of the China Inland Mission who had a baby the same age as her son. And she said, I know that your son's the same age as mine, and I can only imagine how difficult it might be to get baby clothes where you're at. So God impressed upon my heart today to put a few things in a parcel for you. And there she sat on a ship 
in the ocean with a box of clothes for her baby that God sent. Can I tell you, God hears your prayer. This poor man cried, and God heard me. What a privilege. God hears your prayer. We see also that he helps you in your problems. Verse number five, he says, Then looked unto him, and they looked unto him and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. Can I tell you, you never have to be ashamed of saying, I love God. God is good to me. God is good to me. You never have to be ashamed because he'll never let you down. He's with you all the time. Verse number seven says, The angels of the Lord encamped round about them that fear him and delivereth them. The songwriter said, Though my eyes can't see, you're always good and only good. Looking back, I can see your fingerprints upon my life, always seeking my best. There were times when your way made no sense, but as you said, you have never left. You're always good, you're only good, you're always good to me, though my eyes cannot see. Help my heart believe you're always only good. Looking in, I see my frailty. My sin is great and my strength is small. Still you say, and your mercy shelters me. You hold my hand and you hear my call. Looking up, I can see your sympathy. I doubt myself, but I am sure of your love. Lavish grace was poured out on Calvary, securing for me a home above. I just want to say, have you tasted? Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good.